clap your hands together for our one and only Pastor Roland Xiao. <laughs> Hi everyone. Hi everyone. Good morning to you all. As you can see, I'm in my ethnic dress, ethnic shirt here given by a bishop in Kenya when we were there. And um, this is a very colourful uh, orangey colour, which symbolises uh, life and, and fire. You know, in Kenya, it's all about fire, 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 fire. We should, uh, you know, sing that song, but uh, we lack the flexibility here um, uh, during this lockdown to have this music. So I'm going to preach right now on the topic of fulfilling your calling and your destiny. It's such an important thing in our life because many of us don't really understand how to fulfill our call and destiny. So let's just pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come because this is Pentecost Sunday and Pentecost Sunday is the day when the Holy Spirit came upon 120 believers during lockdown in the upper room and they were waiting and waiting uh, in fact, we have it better than them because they just stayed in there in fear for uh, 50 days, waiting and waiting, not knowing what would happen. And then the Holy Spirit came. For us, we could even go out to buy takeaways and all, all of that, go for a walk, but they were locked down and they were praying and the Holy Spirit fell. Today is Pentecost Sunday and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out in your hearts today as you listen to this message. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, even as we come today on Pentecost Sunday, I pray that you will open hearts, you will ready the hearts, Lord. Make hearts ready and receptive to your word, to your challenge upon their lives today. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and sweep over every home, every person that's watching this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my first pick slide, as you can see on the screen, um, it says that our Christianity, our gospel needs a complete overhaul. Why, does, why is that so? It really needs a complete overhaul because our Christianity and our gospel has become so man-centered and so self-serving. And I blame it on a lot of the preachers and pastors and the prosperity gospel that has caused the gospel to be so man-centered and self-serving. The whole world is turning inwards. The whole world is becoming more and more self-centered. But Christianity was not meant to be a bless me club. You know, even in the four spiritual wars, uh, laws, sorry, four spiritual laws um, that, that we used to use, the law number two says that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Now that sounds really good. But as I ponder about it, um, it really, in a sense, help, causes people to think about their destiny, God's plan for them. We'll see in a moment that it's not about us, but it's about God. 
So let's move on. See, sin is the result of self-centeredness. Lucifer, he was a beautiful angel. He was wonderful. He was uh, nicely adorned. And he had a wonderful voice. He was the head of the choir, head of all the musicians. He was a really powerful angel. And he was shining and bright. And he began to focus about on himself. He began to think that, hey, I'm so wonderful. I'm so great. I shouldn't be just playing second fiddle. I should have my own army. I should have my own kingdom. Why should I submit to God? And so he began to rebel and he took one third of the angels in heaven. He turned them from God and, and sin actually resulted first in heaven. The word sin, you will see here on this screen, uh, it has the middle letter I and, and, and that's such a clear depiction of sin because sin is all about myself, all about I. And it causes people to look inward and that results in sin. But we are not meant to be inward focused. We are meant to look out. Adam and Eve were the same. When Eve came to the garden of, uh, was created in the garden of Eden and she came to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. She looked at that fruit and she thought, oh, that's a great tasting food fruit this will uh, and Satan lied to her that she could even be like God what's that's what what's that about it's all about self how much we can benefit and so you know over the years in recent times we have seen that the the preaching of the gospel has been turning more and more inwards, how, how we could be blessed, how we could be wonderful, and how we can have a great life on earth. But life on earth is not meant to be just having a personal fulfillment and happiness. It's about, it's about what God's agenda is all about. So missions helps us break out of this inherent gravitational pull towards self-centeredness. We've got to break out of that. Well, can you just imagine that if you were uh, in the universe, looking at the universe right now, and you see planet Earth right in the center of that, and the sun and all the stars and moon, everything circling around Earth, that's the kind of mentality we have on earth. We think that we are in the center of the universe. We think we are the greatest. But in reality, if you look at the next slide, that uh, I, I, yeah, on the next slide, I don't have control of that, right? Okay. You'll see in reality, all planets in our solar system revolve around the sun, not around the earth. We are not the greatest. God has not made us the center of our solar system or the universe. The sun is the center of our solar system. And so it's a depiction that the son of God, Jesus Christ himself, is the center, should be the center of everything. And everything revolves around the sun, 
around the Son of God. And that's how God has meant it to be. He's even put that picture to us in the solar system to remind us that we are not the center of the universe or the solar system. God's agenda is like a moving train. You know, God stops for no one. He moves along. He has his own agenda. He has his own agenda from the beginning. And, and he allowed the different kingdoms, different empires to come about. He even prophesied about that in the book of Daniel, in the whole uh, statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream. And through that statue, God was prophesying into the future of what life on earth was going to be. And we see that continued in the book of Revelation. So God has his whole plan worked out for the world. You know, God's plan will never change. Our plans need to change. And we need to jump on board. God's calling us to say, hey, this is my will. This is my plan. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't say, uh, Father uh, in heaven, hallowed be your name. My kingdom come. My will be done. <laughs> Does it say that in the Lord's Prayer? No. The Lord's Prayer says, your kingdom come. Your will Lord, be done on earth as it is in heaven. But very often, we, including myself, we subconsciously, without realizing it, we are living out a life where our will be done, our kingdom come, but God's plan or God's command has always been your kingdom come, your will be done. And so God's kingdom and God's plan and purpose moves ahead irrespective of anything, irrespective of a First World War, Second World War, or COVID-19. Whatever happens on earth, His plan moves on. He will fulfill His plan come what may. Nothing can stop the plan of God just like that train that you see on the screen. God's agenda is like a moving train and it stops for no one. We have to decide whether we will get on board, jump on a train or not jump on a train. And if we don't jump on the train, who is the loser? We are the loser at the end of it. What am I called for? What is my destiny in life? And do I even have a choice? That's the big question. See, many a times when we are thinking about calling and destiny, we are thinking about my agenda, my will. What am I, Lord, called for? What's in it for me, Lord? Will it bring fulfillment to me? Will it bring happiness to me? What is my destiny? It's, it's the wrong question to ask. In the, our calling and destiny are found in the will and purposes of God for the world, not in our personal fulfillment and happiness. If you really want to discover your calling and destiny, you have to discover 
the will and the purposes of God for this world and for what He is doing in this life. And then you jump on to God's agenda. Then in jumping onto God's agenda, you will discover your own personal calling and destiny. I read to you from this passage in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. And it says, His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to His eternal purpose that He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, from this verse we see here in Ephesians 3, we, we are told that God's manifold wisdom, God's wisdom is manifold, it's, it's varied, it's uh, in many directions. And God's wisdom should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose. In other words, God has His eternal purpose worked out for the whole universe, even to the rulers in the heavenly realms. I'm not too sure what the rulers and authorities, it could be demonic uh, rulers and authorities, it, it possibly is, but even to the elders in the heavenly realms and authorities, there are different levels of authorities in the heavenly realm. But his wisdom is made known to them according, and this is the, the key word, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus, God sent Jesus to the world to accomplish his plan and his purpose. And that's been fulfilled. That was his eternal purpose. And his, his eternal purpose will be worked out to the very last days. We are now in the last days. I don't really know when Jesus will come. But when Jesus comes back and rules the earth, that's part of the eternal plan of God. But between now to when Jesus comes, His plan is being worked out in this world. And I believe that even with this COVID-19, it's part of His grand plan. I don't think He sent the virus to kill people, but He has allowed these things to happen, just as He has allowed wars to happen, allowed famine to occur. He's allowed um, the Jews to be killed by Hitler, six million of them to be massacred, butchered by Hitler. All these horrible, terrible things in the world have been allowed by God because of sin. Sin rules in this world. Satan still rules in this world, but Jesus has conquered sin. Jesus has conquered the devil. The devil is now a defeated foe and he is under our feet. Because Jesus has triumphed over Satan. And so we can now live a victorious life because of what Jesus has done. But we can only live a victorious life and fulfill our calling and our destiny in God if we are truly in Christ Jesus. That's the operative word. In Christ Jesus. Now whose plan... 
have we chosen? It's important that we ask ourselves this question constantly. Uh, in Joshua 24, 15, which is a favorite verse of pastor, our senior pastor, Chris Ong, and, and this is the, uh, the, the theme for our church, and, and it reads, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Many people say, and especially those uh, who believe in predestination and uh, um, an extreme view of Calvinism, where everything is predestinated. We have no choice in our life. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we have a choice. We have a choice. Yes, the plan of God is all fixed. He, he, for, he foreknew what was going to happen. He had already planned, but it's up to us to decide whether to respond to His call, whether to jump on board His plan or not. So in regards to predestination, let me uh, ask you this question. Will we automatically fulfill our calling and destiny in this life simply by inviting Jesus into our life? Simply by having Jesus come into our life, will we automatically fulfill our calling and destiny in this life? Many people call themselves Christians and say, yes, Jesus is in my life. But when I look at their lives, and even in my own life, many a times Jesus is not the Lord of our lives. Many a times we are not living, we are not on board that train, we are not on on board the will and purposes of God. We are living self-centered, selfish lives. And it's all about me, my agenda, my will, my purpose. See, even in the, for the children of Israel, as they journeyed through the wilderness into the promised land led by Moses, did they automatically get into the promised land? If you read your Bible, you will realize that that was God's destiny for Moses and for the children of Israel to enter into the promised land. That was his ultimate desire, plan, you may like to call predestination. He predestined them to go into the promised land. But did they make it? Unfortunately, only a few of them made it. Only two persons, Joshua and Caleb, and possibly their families as well, they made it into the promised land because their hearts were right. They were on board God's train, God's purpose and destiny. And so we see here that uh, even as Moses took the children of Israel, they were going towards their destiny to, and they were fulfilling the calling and purposes of God. They were going in the right direction. But unfortunately, what happened in the wilderness, they began to think about themselves. They began to murmur. They began to complain, to say, what about me? What about me? You know, there's a, a song that, that was sung. I remember um, uh, when Guy Sebastian was in the, um, 
Australian Idol, there was a, a song sung by the, the other uh, singer who came second. I can't remember his name now. But uh, he, he sang a song, What About Me? You know, and it's, uh, when, when I listen to that song, you know, it, my hair stands because it's totally contrary to what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach us to focus on ourselves. It tells us to love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. In other words, yourself, it's at the end of that commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, we have to look after ourselves as well. Let's not be extreme where we neglect ourselves and get uh, sick and, and uh, destroyed. But we have to look after ourselves. But it's not all about ourselves. It's first about God. And then we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. We have to jump onto the will and purposes of God. Let's have a look at some verses regarding predestination because many people have this wrong understanding of predestination. They think that just because there are verses about predestined here or predestination that we will automatically uh, fulfill that. So in Romans 8.29, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he might be the firstborn ab among many brothers. So here, this word predestined means that yes, God has created us to be predestined, to be planned. The plan was that. But many a times, we don't fulfill the plan. We have planned something, but along the way, we get distracted. We've, we go off at a tangent. We miss the plan of God. That was the, the, the plan of God. We are predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. And I believe that eventually, as we jump onto that train, as we come on board God's will, Yes, God will transform us bit by bit to be like Jesus. That's the ultimate picture for us, ultimate goal and destiny for all of us. The second thing is that we are predestined to be adopted uh, to Himself as sons. He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of of His will. And I believe that this verse applies to the whole world, whether they are Christians or not. Every single person who is a Gentile or a Jew have been predestined to be adopted as sons, as sons and daughters of God. But does everyone fulfill that destination? Unfortunately not. There are many, many out there who have not even heard of the name of Jesus and who do not have Jesus in their lives. And even though their destiny is for them to be sons of God, sons and daughters, when the Bible says sons, it includes uh, male and female, children of God is the right translation as it were. He predestined us all, everyone to be 
to be children of God. But unfortunately, many have rejected him. Many have gone their own way. Many have taken their lives into their own hands and say, I will live my own life. I don't want to bother about the will and purposes of God. Even Christians, I've seen many Christians who profess the name of Jesus uh, and profess that he is the Lord of their lives. When you examine their lives, they don't ask God whether this is the right man or woman to marry, this is the right career to take, this is the right path to, to go ahead in their life. They don't. They, they just have their own plans and purposes. And then they become God in, to, unto themselves. God is only their servant. And many a times, we are God, God is our servant. That's the wrong attitude. We've got to change that around. God chooses those. How do we, the, 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 the question here is, how do we get called? How do we get chosen? Is Rather, how do we get chosen by God? I like to be chosen by God. It says, for many are called. In the Amplified, it says, invited, summoned, but few are chosen. And when we see few are chosen, we get startled. We said, oh, why only few are chosen? I want to be one of those who are chosen. Of course, God wants to choose everyone. He has chosen the whole world. But unfortunately, only a few get chosen, although many have been called. How do we get chosen? I believe that God is not biased. God is not, um, you know, he's, he's not, he doesn't discriminate. That just because you are better looking or you are this color or that color, I will choose you. No, God doesn't. He has chosen everyone. And those who are, who, uh, sorry, God has called everyone. But those who are chosen are those who get on board. Those who say, yes, Lord, I, I see your will. I see the train moving on. I see the purpose of God. And I want to be part of the purposes and plan and will of God. I will get on board. I'll forget my own agenda. I'll forget my own uh, um, desires, so to speak, and I'll get on board. And when you get on board, you will then begin. It's only in Christ you will discover your true calling and your purpose in life. It doesn't mean that just because you get on board God's will that you have to be a pastor. You have to give up your career. You have to, uh, you know, be in ministry uh, full time. No, it's not about that. It's about our heart. It's about serving God in, in various ways as we shall see here. Let me take you to Luke chapter 14 and verse 16 to 20 because here we see a great story um, told by Jesus himself about those who gave great excuses. You've heard about the, great, the movie called The Great Escape. This is called The Great Excuses. And uh, there are three major excuses that people give for not heeding the call of God. And I read here from verse 16. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. 
and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. <laughs> you know, it's just so typical of many of us. And, and, and this applies, of course, to non-Christians who give excuses why they would not come to Christ. You know, I've got, I've got many things to think of. I've got other gods. I've got other things to do. But, you know, even Christians and me, myself, I often make excuses for not responding positively to God. And here, uh, reading on, it tells us what are the three common excuses that people make. It says, the first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. Well, that's pretty valid. I, I think if, if you bought a piece of ground, you would want to, to see it, you know. I made a mistake, by the way, some years ago uh, of a friend uh, when a friend from Queensland rang me and said, it's an actually ex-member of our church, and said, hey, Pastor Roland, there's a wonderful piece of land on this island that you can buy at very cheap prices, you know, at a very cheap price, very, uh, because it's about to, to escalate on this island. And it overlooks the sea. It's got sea view and everything. It's just wonderful. Come, you know, you must buy this land. Now, I was very busy then. You know, I was a senior pastor. I said, look, look, I, I don't have time to see this piece of land. And so then she sent me a photo of it with the sea view and everything. And I jumped into it and I bought it for $50,000. I thought, what can go wrong with $50,000, you know? The properties here are hundreds of thousands of dollars. 50000 for a big plot of land of 700 square meters land overlooking the sea. You can't go wrong with that. And, uh, but, you know, <laughs> when I went there to see the land, eventually, <laughs> it, 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 it was bad. It, it was covered by trees and everything, and th there was hardly any sea view. And then guess what? Over time, the value, the, the GFC came in 2008, and then the price started to drop, drop, drop. And eventually, because I was paying rates every year, I sold it for $18,000. I made such a whopping loss on that because... I didn't go to see the land. So that's a valid, valid excuse. I bought a piece of land. I must go and see it. All right? So these could be valid excuses. I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm going to test them. I ask that you have me excused as well. So here, oxen is the equipment that you use to till the land, to plow the land so that, uh, uh, you know, you can have your crops and you, you've got a farmland or whatever. You, you need the instruments, the equipment to till the land. And uh, that's a, a valid thing that you buy something, you buy an equipment, a computer or a, a machine or whatever. You've got to test it out. 
And then the third excuse is still another said, I have married a wife or a husband, and therefore I cannot come. Wow. You know, great excuse. I mean, it's a valid thing. You, you marry someone, you, you've got to spend time with them, all right? So let's look at these three common excuses, why Jesus put these three common excuses there. And the first one is you have invested in the land. This symbolizes uh, business because you bought the land for investment with the uh, hope that the value would escalate and then you will sell it and, and earn money out of that. So this is, this is uh, referring or alluding to people in business. The second one is I bought five yoke of oxen. You bought this equipment, these instruments for your work. And so you may, may be like a dentist or a doctor or engineer buying your own tools and equipment or even a carpenter or plumber. You, you, you've just bought your equipment. You just need to test them to see if they work. And, and so this refers to, uh, alludes to your profession, all right? You, uh, it's not an investment, but it's, you, you have your tools of the trade and it refers to your own profession. The third area, I've married a wife, refers to relationships, to your relationship. And so these three things are very valid things, as I've said before. They are even good things uh, to be involved in. But unfortunately, these good things can also end up being the greatest hindrances to you serving the purposes of God in your life. At the end of the day, we have to stand before Jesus to give an account. And God is not against that. God loves you to be involved in business. He loves you to be a professional. And He loves you to have good relationships. But if these things stand in the way of following your call, your being chosen by God, it has become our God. And unfortunately for many of us, that's become our hindrance to fulfilling our calling and destiny in God. Nothing wrong with them, but they must play second fiddle, these things. The purpose of our business, our profession, and our relationship, they are meant to all serve the purpose of God's kingdom. You know, many a times when we get married, we are thinking, oh, how is this going to fulfill my life? My wife is going to cook wonderful meals for me. She's going to massage me. She's going to do this for me, do that for me. And, you know, the wife is thinking, oh, I'm married to this, hus this wonderful husband. He's going to look after me. He's going to provide for me. I'm going to be able to buy my Louis Vuitton bag and I'm going to go for holiday in Italy, go for my cruise in the Mediterranean because he's going to provide for me. He's going to sweep me off my feet. It's, it's going to, you know, relationships are wonderful, but if that stands in the way and that distracts us 
from the will and the purpose of God, then we've got an idol in our life. And it's, it's so sad to see so many people being so busy with my, with my business, my profession, my family. And these are wonderful things, as I've said, but these things can get us so busy and that word acronym for busy, as I've shared before in my previous message, uh, is uh, being under, is the acronym for being under Satan's yoke. All right? Busy, busy, busy. We've got no time for God, no time for missions, no time to serve the Lord in any way. This is not, and another common excuse is this is not the right time or season of my life because I've just had a baby. I've just had married a wife. I've, I've just uh, growing my family. Don't bother me, Pastor Roland. I can't serve in the church in any way. I cannot uh, help any, anybody. I, it's just for me and my family right now. I don't believe that there are seasons of life to serve God. Every season is a right season to serve God. I know that there are times when we can be extremely busy. Yes, we may serve less, but yet our hearts, we, we can change in the, the way we serve God in different seasons of life, where from instead of getting personally involved, we can be praying more, we can be serving and doing things, as I will share in a moment. Another excuse would be, I don't have the gift, ability or money to do so. And, you know, we are not asking. God doesn't expect us to give a lot. He, the person who filled the, the, the ruler with the talents was the one with the one talent. All right? One talent. So God is not asking for much. Whatever little we have, if we, we use it for God's purpose, it will multiply. My health prevents me from serving the Lord. Well, in a moment, I will share with you how even those with ill health can serve the Lord. See, a life focused on God's agenda will always bear fruit. In Romans 8, 28, it says in the Amplified, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good to those who love God, to those who are called, called according to His plan and purpose. We miss that out when we quote this verse always. We often say, God works all things together for those who love God. I'm, I love God, therefore uh, it will work out for my good. But it says the condition is, for those who are called according to his plan and purpose. So our, in, in closing, I would say our responsibility before God is to, there are three key responsibilities that we have before God. Number one is to be his witness in Acts 1.8. Number two, to be his proclaimer. You know, being his witness means being salt and light. And and, 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 you know, it doesn't mean that uh, you have to preach the gospel to people, but live out the true Christian life with love, with compassion. 
with genuine uh, humility in your heart. That's being a witness, being a salt and light, to be His proclaimer, to share His Word, to be His disciple-maker in Matthew 28, 19. The Great Commission is not just proclaim, it's about making disciples. And so we've got to multiply ourselves. We've got to train others. And But the wonderful news is that we are not responsible for the outcome. We are not responsible for the fruit. We just have to be His witness, His proclaimer, His disciple maker. Whether people respond or not, that's not our responsibility. Thank God for that. It's God's responsibility to convict and to uh, bear fruit. So God's agenda will always be fulfilled. Will you get on board? What's God's agenda, you may ask? I want to jump on that. God's agenda is the gospel. Bring the gospel to all peoples. Number two, for the restoration and salvation of Israel. God hasn't forgotten Israel. That's why it says when we bless Israel, we shall be blessed. When we pray for Israel, that's part of God's agenda and purpose. And, and that's why we pray for Israel. Not because Israel is anything special, but because God says that Israel is the apple of His eye. And so we want to jump in to what God is doing. The third thing, the third agenda is that God's readying or preparing His bride for His second return. I believe that Jesus' return may be soon. I don't know how soon it is, but He is preparing His bride. And so if you get involved in helping to prepare His church to be like Christ, that's part of His agenda. And you will automatic, automatically find your calling and your fulfillment and your destiny as we get involved in any of these three areas that I have highlighted here. Now, how do we get on board? We just pray. We can pray. We can serve. Or we can encourage, give, or go. See, for those who may be infirm, you may be in bed and, and you, you can't do very much. You're, you're elderly. You, you don't have much strength. You can always pray. You can always serve in, in, in simple ways. I am encouraged that some members of our church, uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged by them that uh, whenever a missionary comes back to visit us, um, they will call me up and say, Pastor Roland, you know, I get the benefit of being included <laughs> in this benefit that, uh, hey, you know, I, I know... Uh, so-and-so missionary is home. Uh, I would like to take them out for dinner to encourage them to sow into their lives. Will you come along? I say, sure, why not? In my, the back of my mind, a free meal. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll come along. But I'm encouraged to see that these people take effort to uh, take out a missionary, take someone out to serve them, to bless them, and to say, good job, 
go on in what you are doing. That's part of the will and purposes of God. Or even if you can't do any of that, you can give towards the missions fund. That's, that's wonderful. And then finally, even better, to go yourself. Go on a short-term mission trip. And you know, in, in ending this, I want to just say uh, this, that uh, when God called me into full-time ministry, and like I said, full-time ministry is not for everyone, all right? And uh, it's, <laughs> I, I, I wish God didn't call me into full-time ministry, but I'm glad He did. But uh, I was trying to run away from that. And I was uh, giving all kinds of excuses, as I've just mentioned. And, and finally, I said, okay, okay, God, I, I will get into it. But before I go into full-time ministry, I want to run my own business. And so I started uh, with my brother-in-law and sister uh, 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 to, to, to run a chain of pizza restaurants in Malaysia. But to cut the long story short, on the way when we, we actually started the uh, company and my sister went for a month's training in Singapore and we, it was all systems go. But when I took time off to seek the Lord, the Lord says, hey, are you making an excuse? I didn't call you into uh, that arena. My calling is this direction. Will you get on board or not? And it was a big challenge. And God had to change my heart. And then the worst thing was that I had to tell my brother-in-law that <laughs> we have to close shop. And, uh, you know, I was, I was really scared. But, you know, God was so gracious to speak to my brother-in-law to release me and to close that whole business. And so we, we didn't go ahead with that and we, we lost some money, but it didn't matter. But, you know, this is, this is what I'm talking about. And I'm so glad that I jumped on board God's purpose. Otherwise, I may not be preaching to you today. FGAM would not be in existence. Many people who got saved through our church would not have been saved or may not have been saved, I don't know, uh, if, if our church didn't come into existence. So it's so important. The direction we go affects a multitude of people. It's not just your life. Your life is meant to affect others. Your life here on earth is for a destiny and a purpose. I want to challenge you today to make that commitment to the Lord. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, even as we close off missions month this Sunday, and we've been hearing lots of messages on missions, it's not all about doing, doing this, doing that. It's about being, being His light, being His witness, being His proclaimer, being His disciple maker, being a person who has a heart for God and for His destiny, for His plans and purposes that will never end, that will never be changed. 
heaven and earth will pass away. But your word, your plan, and your purpose will always go forward, Lord. I want to be in that plan. And so right now, Lord, even as I challenge our viewers here today, Lord, may they commit themselves to your plan and purpose so that you can bring them into the promised land as was intended by Moses. Lord, help us not to miss the way. Help us not to fall by the wayside. Help us not to be prevented, Lord, just like the ten spies who didn't enter in because of fear. Father, remove this fear. Remove the insecurity. Remove all this busyness. Get our priorities right, Lord. It's time, Lord, for us to stop all these excuses and to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm here. Send me, Lord. I may not be able to go, but I may be able to encourage someone. I may be able to show love. I may be able to serve in providing food for the deacon students. I may be able to help with Operation Stitches. I may be able to do that little thing that I have, Father. But let me, let me put you first. Let me see your plans and your purposes. And not just think about me, Lord. Let the I in my life be submitted to your authority even today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's have a song. Thank you, God, for the purpose you've given us, God. I'm going to sing, The World May Fail. The world may fail, you will remain in the midst of the trial. You will always be the same. Our God never fails Our God never fails And with hope and light With hope and light You reign over all Your heart may fail You will always be the same Your God never fails God never fails. Praise in the morning. In praise in the morning. Praise in the evening. Praise when I'm laughing. Praise when I'm grieving. There will be dancing. There will be singing. Upon in just this we will tell of how God the hope of all hearts the hope of all hearts is you your love never fails your love never fails Happened a lot.
from our actually is our founding pastor he has laid the foundation for all of us in FGAM without that foundation there would not have been FGAM if you take a, can I take a few minutes of your time just to I take in three points from our pastor Roland's message the first one was as for me and my house we will serve the Lord and the second one was uh, we should be conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ the third one is many are called and few are chosen. So I just want this to be for you guys to be reminded that even uh, for our ethnic, I'll put this inside our ethnic uh, costume. Many of you are going to be loading up your photos on the, our on our website, but only there are four which are going to be chosen. <laughs> so even though many of you are, just be informed that only four will be chosen. <laughs> So this is one way of even uh, reminding you of the message. You will not forget this message. So, <laughs> That's so, a good one, crucial. Okay, and thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for joining us for this wonderful praise and worship. I hope you all took some great tips from our videos from Pastor uh, Roland, from our Pastor Julius Subi, and from our Pastor Sam Pillay as well. Mm. We thank you for joining us. And please join us next week as we have our, pastor, our senior pastor, uh, Chris Ong, preaching on something good on the book of Matthew. And if you want to chat with us, please remain with us. Join us at fgam.org.au slash lobby. Please stay with us and join us. Thank you very much. Bye. God bless you. See have you. a wonderful week.
Okay. Oh, thank you.